welcome to Nice Jewish Fangirls, presented by JewishCoffeeHouse.com. Nice Jewish Fangirls is a podcast where three Orthodox women discuss all of the wonderful geeky things that we are obsessed with. My name is Michal Schick, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Tamar Herman. Hello. And S.M. Rosenberg. Hi. So guys, um, we're popular now. <laughs> <laughs> we could fill a room. Yeah. We are celebrities. We are so famous. Uh, yeah. We're celebrities. This is our first episode that we're recording after our amazing panel at New York Comic Con. If you were there, thank you so much for coming. We really, really, really appreciate it. And Especially Michal. Yes. <laughs> yes, especially Paranoid Me, um, who had many visions of it going terribly wrong. Uh, yes. No, but thank you so much for coming. If you came, if you didn't come, thank you so much for being there with us in spirit. Uh, we know that, that we had a lot of people who weren't able to come to New York Comic Con, but wanted to uh, support us, and we really, really appreciate that. And people who didn't make it into the panel. And people who didn't make it into the panel. Which is crazy. We appreciate you coming, even if you didn't get in. That, I mean, guys, we had people who, who wanted to get in, but there wasn't enough room in the room. 250 people capacity room. Tamar has, like, a funny smile on her face. Just happy, okay? <laughs> Just making sure we get all the facts in. We're recording this one in person. Yes, and, uh, yeah, we're just super, super happy about that. And uh, if you were not one of the two lucky people who got a Nice Jewish Fangirls New York Comic Con exclusive t-shirt at the panel, then we're going to be giving Signed one. Signed by Michal. Yes, with with copious approval and adjustments from the rest <laughs> of the team. Us, critical, never. <laughs> ah, um, and yeah, we're going to be giving one of those away at the end of the podcast. Well, I mean, we're going to tell you how to enter at the end of the podcast. And if uh, you don't win that, then don't worry, because we're definitely working on more t-shirts and merch and... Stuff like that. And more bookmarks. More bookmarks. We gave out bookmarks. We did. They were like our our, our business card. But I have more if anybody book. wants. Yeah, we yeah. almost ran out. I had only one left at the end, and I was like, I'm keeping this. Yeah. It, do, you, do you want more? <laughs> yes, I want more. <laughs> I have a bunch in my bag. Okay, awesome. If anybody wants, feel free to hit us up, and I will mail you one in the mail. I'm that nice. <laughs> it Basically, it was amazing. And again, we're super grateful to New York Comic Con. Uh, I think we all might have gotten the live show bug. I know I did. And hopefully we'll be doing more of that in the future. So we're going to get into our current obsessions, as usual, in just a bit. But first, on the subject of New York Comic Con, we wanted to address some questions that we had from some of our friends and fans uh, who very nicely, very kindly sent us uh, before the panel because we were like, nobody's going to come and ask us questions except the people actually did. So we didn't have time to get to them during the panel, so we're covering them now. Uh, the first question comes from Mikey. Mikey says, Fandom has become a very mainstream thing in recent years. I personally remember being made fun of mercilessly for liking things like comic books, Magic the Gathering, Star Trek, and even Star Wars once or twice. What was your experience? What has your experience been like? Have you felt ostracized for your fandom growing up? And is being ostracized at all part of your identity as a fanish person, like it is for so many, many of us who grew up in the 80s and early 90s? SM, how about, what, what do you think? I did not feel um, ostracized. Um, I was, I never considered, you know, coolness being part of my identity. So, like, there was never any need or, you know, intent on my part to be cool. So... Yeah, I was just, you know, I liked what I liked, and if other people didn't like it, that was whatever, <laughs> you know? 
Um, yeah, and I just, I had my friends, you know, who some of whom liked the same things that I did, and some of them didn't some necessarily. Like, I was the only one really, you know, in my group who was into baseball, you know, but, like, every once in a while, you know, it would rub off on somebody else in my group, you know, and I remember, like, one of my high points in, you know, a seventh or eighth grade, you know, is when I came in to school, and one of my friends who did not like baseball at all was like, oh my gosh, Andy Pettit was awesome last night! I was like, you watched the game? I was so amazed! Yeah, um, so there's, like, that, but, like, I never felt, you know, if any, I think I feel like, you know, sometimes other, my, my friends, you know, like, were obsessed with Orlando Bloom, and, like, I just didn't get it, you know, and, like, I was like... But it's blonde flowing, wow! <laughs> yes, no, but, like, they I were I was very with, into Orlando Bloom as Legolas. Yes, they were, a lot of, like, I was like, <laughs> I can green. see the appeal as Legolas, I can't, I can't see the appeal outside of Legolas, and I was like, but, like, Aragorn, Aragorn is where it's at, you know, and, like, yeah, we just, you know, we just never see eye to eye, so, like... Um, yeah, so that was, like, the most alienating experience in my own <laughs> life, clearly. Tamar, <laughs> how about you? Um, so I was a little bit different, and even though I grew up in a very similar environment and went to the same school as SM. Uh, it could have, and is likely very well internalized, but I didn't... We were in different grades, by the way. Yeah. That's well, we would have been friends. Sure. We were sort of friends. <laughs> I don't really remember having so many friends in elementary school. Um, not, not shading SM. I didn't really enjoy my elementary school experience. I mean, I didn't. Okay. Why well, I went to a different high school. Um, if you ask me, I literally don't remember anything between first and seventh grade. That's the same for my high school experience. I remember, <laughs> I remember nothing. Anyway, um, I definitely had friends who we were into the same things. Like, I definitely watched The Mummy 6,000 times with one of my good friends. Um, and I used to definitely exchange books with people and talk to Harry Potter way too much with people, but I never, I think more of my fandom life in general has been very introverted and a lot of my fandom activities have been based online. Um, I first got into like online fandom in like seventh grade after and fifth grade discovering like fan fiction and learning that people online are actually writing about fan stuff all the time, like all the time. Um, before that... I don't really remember fandom being such, like, an integral part of my friendships. Um, and I definitely remember thinking I am not a cool person because I like fun things. Um, I'm <laughs> no, still not a very cool person. They're the ones who are not cool people because they don't like fun things. I'm still not a very cool person, but sometimes when I look at the classmates who are really, really the cool kids, and I'm like, I'm literally talking to pop stars all the time, I'm just like, maybe my definition of cool should uh, change a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I think, I don't remember necessarily being, nobody ever said to me, like, oh, you're such a nerd because you like Harry Potter. Um, I was a nerd for other reasons, but I don't remember being, I mean, like, my siblings made fun of me, but I don't remember anybody, like, being, like, it, I don't think it's really, you mentioned the generation, and I really do think it's kind of a generational gap, because right now, like, you go to a Shabbos meal, and people are very happy to discuss the Avengers and Wonder Woman, and pop culture just kind of, the lines between geekdom and pop culture has blurred to the degree where, as long as you're not, like, ridiculously nerding out, people are usually happy with you. It's when you're, like, discussing page 37 of... Not that there's know. anything wrong with that. No, it's I great. Please do it. <laughs> and when you're but developing saying, your own Coons of Dunshire game, <laughs> like, you've gone off the deep end, And then man. they copyright it for you. Oh, I love Coons of Dunshire. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I will marry Ben Wyatt if he proposes to me. I'm just saying. Get in um, line, my dear. Wyatt. Get in line. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I feel. I'm not sure. Like I don't. I don't think I felt ostracized, but I do think that um, my interests were considered niche. Uh, and, and, you know, I was, I was like one of the reading kids, you know, one of the ones who was like schlepping the huge fantasy books to school and that obviously didn't interest certain people, but I don't think I was ever teased per se. And I I think that also just has to do with like just being lucky. Like my, my grade in school was not a particularly like teasing kind of grade. Like if they didn't like you, they just kind of left you alone, uh, which was good. And, you know, I had my posse as well. So that was good. My Sorry. parents worked in the school, so like there was a limit so to how much anyone, anyone was going to, to mess with me. And also, I don't know, I was I was known for being like very smart, and so like that was that was more of my identity than like nobody. I don't know if people considered. I'm sure people considered me nerdy, but like they also considered me smart and respected me for that. At least that's how it, it how how it felt for the most part. I just don't think I was considered at elementary school. I don't know. I just was like quiet kid. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't quiet. I. I mean, I was. I wasn't like you know a social butterfly in any sense. I was just. I was you know, very participatory in class, and so like there was no way anybody didn't know who I was. I was definitely reading romance novels in the back of my seventh grade class. I was writing a novel, but I was also participating. <laughs> I was reading novels. Okay. Like, this was our education. I wrote, I wrote a novel, and it eventually. Yes, once I got into like ninth, ni- between ninth and tenth grade, I finished it, and then it was published when I was going into eleventh. Yeah, don't worry. I remember vividly reading or trying to read uh, very important scenes in *A Storm of Swords* during math class, and my teacher was like, "Stop reading!" And I was like, "You just don't understand. <laughs> my, They're my in te- a bear pit." <laughs> <laughs> bear pit? No. Um, <laughs> My Chumash teacher definitely did not take away my books. <laughs> and I still don't understand that to this day. Uh, and our other question comes from Mickey. Uh, and it was she, Mikey and Mickey? Yeah. Mikey and Mickey, yeah. Um, but Mickey is, is female. And she says, what fandom do we want the others to get into? So we, we might actually expand this. We were considering... Yeah, like she, was, a- she was suggesting, you know, challenging or, like, you know, inviting... Um, each other to, you know, watch, you know, a certain amount or read a certain amount in a particular, you know, show or book or series or whatever, um, and then discuss it, you know, as a newcomer to the fandom and, you know, and then yeah. talk about it from the perspective Basically, of a newbie which, and a, from an old fan. Which strain of the fandom virus would we, would we like to spread? <laughs> um, yes. I, I don't know. You guys kind of do most of what I do. Mm. I don't know. Well, I, <laughs> I, I haven't like, read any Megan Will and I'm, I'm vastly Ooh, more offended by SM being a Yankee fan than you not caring. About <laughs> yeah, see, like, that would be my, my challenge to you, okay? <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've heard. No, I would win because I would show her the 1986 Let's Go Mets VHS, which they have a theme song on, by the way, and I'll show up in orange wigs. It is the bomb. Um, and then nothing, it would be fine. She would just be a Mets fan for life. No, never. Um, but I still don't understand how Jews can be Yankee fans. Like, mm, we're, we're, we are meant to be you, sad. No, <laughs> you, you and my dad. My, my like, dad grew up as a Yankee fan in the 80s before wow. the Yankees were good. So, 
Um, it was after and before the Yankees. Were yeah, I know, after and before, but like the Yankees were terrible of his childhood years. So my challenge to Tamar would be um, to read um, the baseball memoir, The Bullpen Gospels by Dirk Hayhurst. The one you talked about a few weeks ago? Um, I may have mentioned it, I don't know. I think yeah, it was your obsession. obsession. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Bullpen Gospels? Yes. A baseball mm. book, I don't know. Mm, I don't think that I've reread it recently enough to have Our obsessive about it. fans, let us know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's a, you know, a super geek, and he also happens to be a, uh, a, a pitcher trying to make it in Major League Baseball, and it's about his, uh, his journey and his, uh, his family situation. And, uh, you know, baseball is pretty much the backdrop that this all takes place um, through, but it's just a really entertaining and interesting um, and surprisingly poignant journey, um, and I think you will appreciate it, even though there is baseball. <laughs> I will try. Uh, um, if you really yeah, I have it. a copy of it. Hopefully, I can find it and lend it to you. If you if you don't find can't it, that's obtain okay your too. own copy, you can probably you know can't too uh, broke need more work. Yeah, <laughs> 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 um, you can probably find it in the library or something. Um, and my challenge to Michal is to re- get into the uh, Vorkosigan series. Oh, yeah. Um, and I feel like it's a difficult place. To, it's always hard to tell people exactly where to start because there are two... At the beginning. Oh, I hate series like that. No, 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 no. no, no. Most of them, most of them, they, like we mentioned this in previous episodes, yeah, yeah. That, the, that the books are, are pretty much self-contained. Right. You yeah. know, it's just when you want to hook somebody, you want to give them the best experience, you yeah, know? Yeah, but I, I, I don't agree with yeah. reading stuff out of order. Yeah. Even if even But if there is a book like, that is like basically a prequel prequel that doesn't include any of the main characters. Published takes, order. Takes, yeah. It takes uh, place 400 years before anything. Don't read that yeah. one. Don't consider that, you know, the start point of the series because it's not. Right. Okay? Oh, um, right. You can read that later you know yeah. it's called falling free yeah, it won an epic Tamar just waved her arms around like a yeah. maniac they don't have legs I know what it means <laughs> yes it's, a, it's about um, I don't speak your language it's about quaddies who uh, <laughs> as the name implies have four limbs that are basically four you know arms and hands because they, they were genetically zero. engineered for zero gravity and you don't need legs in zero gravity okay um okay. but yeah that is that is you know very different story and it doesn't center on any of the characters that are in the main series and so either cordelia's honor um mm-hmm. which is actually two books in one uh, which is uh, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there and say that you have to choose for me because I am okay. not going to pick one. Oh, no, I, mean, I consider a, Cordelia's Honor to be basically two halves of the same book. They published it as essentially an they, omnibus, but it was it was really like part one, part two. Okay. Yeah. So I like, didn't realize. If you read otherwise. it, if you read that one, I would you know consider that to be one mm-hmm. book, or you can start with The Warrior's Apprentice. Um, I would not suggest that. I have, you know, in the past started people, you know, with the Warriors Apprentice because, like, that was what was in the bookstore mm-hmm. when they got there, um, and they very much enjoyed it as a start point um, because Cordelia's Honor is Cordelia's book, and mm-hmm. then Warriors Apprentice picks up um, with Miles, who is her son, who is the main character in the rest of the series, mm-hmm. um, and it takes place 17 years later after the events of Cordelia's Honor. Gotcha. Um, I think... Personally, if anyone's gonna start it, you should start with Cordelia's Honor because otherwise you don't really understand. I really what enjoy Cordelia's Honor through, personally, for miles. but okay. um, there is you know an element of you know 
a bit of you know a, a bit of a slower pace I think in the uh, in the, especially the first half mm-hmm. and like it's more of a, of a of a romance which maybe that's why Tamar likes it. Um, yeah, um, but the second half is where well Miles' romance it gets is like frustrating and there's gross bugs. <laughs> Miles has a series of, kind of very interesting. <laughs> yes, Miles has a series of very Obviously, interesting romances. It randomly goes from like super drama to really exciting action to super crack. Okay, and it's so good. Right. Utter hilarity. Right. Um, there's but, a great dinner scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. No, there's a book li- much later in the series called The Civil Campaign, which is like probably my favorite of the series, and I'm probably gonna bring it up later in the episode when we get to our main topic. Okay. Um, All right. Yes, so right. for Kosigan, uh, Cordelia's honor, I challenge thee. Okay. Tamar, do you have ideas? I do. I have two, because you guys are going to definitely mix the first one. I would say K-pop, but I'm not going to force anybody into that if they don't want to. But I will suggest a K-drama to be decided at future points, because Korean TV shows are actually fun. I was actually just discussing today with someone, and I'm going to change my mind and say Healer, which is a action series about... Journal, corrupt journalism and it's really really good mm. um, where can we watch it you can healer somewhere online I can find it for you it's probably Vicky I don't think Drama Fever has it but I can find it for you it's really really good every K-drama has romance this one has a lot of espionage also and I think it's a very good introduction for people who aren't familiar with the K-drama tropes Zelda, yet yeah. <laughs> um, but it's really good. Chichangook is great. Um, otherwise, since I figured you guys won't be down for that, I will say Great British Bake Off if you haven't. Oh, well, I've she both has, already. Yeah. I, I haven't. You haven't? No. Um, shame. I knew well, you can challenge. You can challenge Michal to that and me to Great the... British Bake Off, I thought. Uh, and me all to right, Mueller. All right. All right. It's on done. Netflix. Okay. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> How much of it does she need to watch? One season? Like, what is what is uh, our... Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> like two episodes, I think. Is If you can't okay. get into something by... The third episode, I guess, that I'm not going to force you to right. do something. Okay. Um, but all great British Bake Off seasons do get better after episode three. <laughs> <laughs> so, Same. can I challenge you to read a whole series, SM? Um, you can, but, you know, the first book is like the... Or whichever book you think I should start with is, is the <sighs> you challenge. You start at the beginning. I don't... Yeah. I don't... I think, you can challenge me to read the first book. I think the first one is totally fine. All right. You have to read The Thief by Megan Whalen Turner, and okay. preferably at least the, um, the Queen of Atolia, which is the second book. Okay. The second book is where you start to get the scope of can what's going on. Can you lend me these? I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Tamar, oh my goodness, what would I do for you? I'm just looking at your iTunes right now. Can I do Agents of Shield for you? You can do Agents of Shield. I've been looking at these yeah, things. Agents I'd rather of Shield doesn't get. Agents of Shield doesn't get good for no, a while. No, Agents of Shield starts out really no. bad. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Have you watched Agent Carter? No, I haven't. I I actually don't love Agent Carter. I know she doesn't. <laughs> um, I don't know. Looking at your TV show spread that's up on the computer right now. I'll happily be challenged to put my Have you watched Cora? What? The Legend of Cora? Oh no. So okay, that's it. You have to watch The Legend of Cora. All of it. Yeah, it's three seasons. I gave you two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> They're twenty minute episodes. Yeah, but um, it's four seasons. I don't know. Can you challenge her? To, can you challenge her to like one season? Oh, like, uh, fine. You, the fir- you can watch the first season of Cora. The first season of Cora is great. You have to watch the, watch the first season. First season of Cora is, is cute, and and there is romance. You Come on, like the first. I like things that don't have romance. But yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't watch. I, 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 
I feel like people don't understand that I actually did watch Avatar. I just chose not to watch Korra. Okay, well, now you have to. Anyway, (laughs) moving onward from this, we're going to go into our current obsessions, as always. Let's start with you, Michal, now that you made the rest of us go first. Okay, fine. My current obsession is the trailer for Star Wars The Last (laughs) Jedi. Um, but Black Panther's is much better. Because that trailer, trailer is a work of art, and it fills lie. my soul. It's my obsession, <laughs> not yours. I thought we were tired of discussion. It Sorry. fills my soul with drama and pain and love, and I adore it. Two mm-hmm. tiny little pieces, and I'm really psyched. I know that not everything that... I know that they're fooling us. I know that a lot of the stuff that looks like it happens in the trailer is not going to happen in the movie, but I think that thematically a lot of it is going to happen. And I will agree that it was a little bit startling to see Mark Hamill act uh, in live action again. But the more I've watched the trailer, the more I've kind of gotten used to it. No, I don't watch Flash. I don't watch any of the DC TV shows. Um, He plays a villain in Flash. Ah. Oh, I did see him in the the Kingsman, but he dies like five minutes into that movie. Um, I'm surprised you even consider that acting because it wasn't. It it grows on you. Also, he has to speak very emphatically per what point he is in the movie, obviously. Anyway, SM, what's your current <laughs> oh, <I> obsession? <laughs> so I still haven't watched the trailer, so uh, I know nothing. Um, so my current obsession is uh, this book that I just finished. Um, it's called Space Team by Barry J. Hutchison. Um, it was... Um, I found out about it first from um, the author S.E. Anderson, who I mentioned earlier um, in our podcast series but because um she wrote the book starstruck and i interviewed her and she said that one of her main uh you know one of the things she is striving for you know in creating a sci-fi comedy would be just you know something like um barry hutchinson's um space team series and so i decided to uh to buy it and see what it was what it was like and it's Basically, like, you know, a more action-packed Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Hmm. More Um, action-packed than that? (laughs) Yeah. uh, You um, really let us down with that, DA. (laughs) Um, Like, there are some epic fight scenes in here, but um, I'm just going to read you the first paragraph to give you um, a sense of what this is like. Um, So, Cal Carver's last day on Earth started badly, improved momentarily, then rapidly went downhill. It began with him being sentenced to two years in prison and ended with the annihilation of two-thirds of the human race. Somewhere in between, there was a somewhat enjoyable moment when he ate a lemon drop, but otherwise, it was a pretty grim 24 hours all around. <laughs> so, yeah, you get the sense. British, I'm assuming? Um, I don't honestly know. <laughs> I haven't looked up his biography. I feel like lemon drop is a... Yeah, and this, is, and this was published in 2016, so it, like, it, oh, makes, okay. it makes use... There, there are like five more books in this series. I don't know how, how fast he wrote them all, but like... Um, They're all out? It has... There are a lot that are out. Um... I think they're self-published, um, but they're like, yeah, look self-published. Yeah, um, but they are very high quality for self-published, and um, they have like all of these jokes that are you know they they reference memes like when they're gonna um, name their their ship their spaceship, you know, and they're like, okay, what should we name it? And, and the main and the main character Cal is like Shippy McShipface, you know, <laughs> and seeing that in the book, you know, I'm like when was this written? Oh my god, you know. <laughs> Yeah, the Bodie McBoatface uh, meme, and um, and then they're like, well, no, it's traditional to name you know a uh, a ship after a a great uh, warrior of your home planet, and so he's like, hmm, 
The Rock. And then they get on the ship and it's named the Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tamar, what are you obsessed with this week? My current obsession is iMessage stickers. I discovered this this afternoon. Um, I sent Michal Wonder Woman one like 10 minutes ago. Uh, apparently. She's pretty awesome. It's really say. cool. Apparently Apple has um, continued, I guess, I don't know if it's the latest update or I just didn't know about this. Um, pretty much I've been, I've used Korean Messenger app called Kakao Talk for like a while because that's what I do with my life. And um, they use really fun like little animated images and stuff as emojis. They call them stickers. So like the stickers on Facebook that aren't emojis. Those are like more fun than normal emojis. So apparently iMessage had these hidden away and I just found this out because a boy band called BTS made their own and someone told me about that and then I was like, I can't figure out how to get that. They wouldn't, it wouldn't start. I couldn't figure out how to get it anyway. But apparently I could get the Wonder Woman ones quite easily. So uh, now I have those on my phone and I mean, I'm going to send them to everyone. I don't know why you need any more, really. <laughs> just Wonder Woman. <laughs> Gagato for every single emotion. Uh. All right, so now we're going to move on into our main subject, which amazingly I have not spoiled yet, even though I guess it'll probably be in the episode title. Um, we're going to talk about, like, comfort fandom for the soul. This was SM's idea. The idea is kind of that, you know, we're, first of all, on a, on a Jewish level, we have finished with the holiday season, uh, and we have, I think, it, we're in the Hebrew month of Cheshvan tonight, right? Um, I think, I believe, Sh- Shabbos is think, Rosh Chodesh. Yeah, so I think it's tonight and and tomorrow, like Friday and Saturday. Anyway, um, <laughs> and um, the month of Cheshvan is referred to as Mar Cheshvan, so it's, which means bitter Cheshvan. Although I did hear that apparently that is not actually, you know, what it, what it means. It's like actually that's derived, Mar Cheshvan is just the Persian name. Mm-hmm. Like it's derived from the Persian name and it doesn't actually mean bitter at all, but basically colloquially in, you know, in Judaism, it's come to mean, you know, bitter because... There are no more holidays. Right. And we have to get a grip. (laughs) (laughs) Coming down from our highs, measuring our Going back to work for five whole days a week. Exactly. Have a regular job. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, and and in addition, you know, we're we're going into the winter season here, even though it's, it's thankfully not that cold yet in New York. I was sitting outside at an outdoor cafe today and it was so sunny and nice. So beautiful. Uh, Yeah, but you know, we are are getting on in October and we're going to be into November and winter and all of that, you know, kind of nasty, dark stuff that's coming up. So we decided to talk about some things that make us feel good. We don't have to think about it too much. Just, just, just how does it make you feel? And if the answer is good, then this is... Things that give you warm fuzzies. Relevant, exactly. The warm fuzzies. Or cheer you up when you're sad. Yeah. So, my first one is uh, the TV show Brooklyn Mm Nine-Nine, which I resisted watching for a while because I was like, what do you mean? It's like Andy Samberg. He's like a dumb comic and it's not whatever. Uh, And the first couple of episodes are a little bit like kind of dumb bro comedy. And then the show develops this insane heart. Like, it is the most like socially conscious sweet natured like all of the all of the people in the show love each other (laughs) they you know even when they fight they they love each other and support each other and care about each other and it's very interesting in the modern era for a show like this to be set in a in a detective you know for a precinct uh and they are cops and they they deal with that sometimes and yeah I, i love the show i love the show Amy Santiago is one of my favorite characters. 
people say that she's what Hermione would be if she became a cop. Yes, she really is. Yeah, <laughs> and I kind of aspire to that, to be honest. Nicole so. <laughs> is now transitioning from writer to cop. <laughs> we look forward to reading about it oh. in her upcoming memoirs. Tamar, what is your first comfort fandom? Um, so my first comfort thingy um, is my favorite book when I was growing up. I read it in Camp Nesher one summer. It's called Crown Duel by Sherwood Smith. It uh, was originally two books, and they ended up publishing as an omnibus because it just made more sense. Uh, the first book is about a girl who has to rebel against her king who's taxing her property too much. And the second one is about her going to court post-revolution and figuring out her way in life now that the world's changed quite a bit. Uh, it's cute. It's very inspirational. There's some really, really, really great motivational lines that I like. There's some cute romance, because, of course, that's apparently what I've been pegged as this episode. This episode. <laughs> um, you pegged yourself. <laughs> just because I like romance novels. Um, this one the is... Scarlet R. <laughs> um, the first book is more action, and the second one is more romance, so it's a nice, like, 360 switch. And I... 180 switch? 180. 180. And, um, I mean, it depends on how, how you know, distant you actually think romance and action are from each other. That might be a broad <laughs> Well, discussion. that's actually a part of the book. But anyway, yeah, I used to, I, like, read this book so many times in my life, like, the cop, the covers are, like, falling apart. It's, like, my, it looks, like, akin to my copy of Philosopher's Stone, which no longer has a binding. Right. As, um, what is your first comfort fandom? My first comfort fandom? Well, I've... I can't say Drop Dead Diva because I've talked about it too recently, <laughs> but like that is like one of the number one things. That, and if you haven't watched it, really watch it. If you're you know feeling down, it will cheer you up, I promise. Um, but uh, because I mentioned it earlier and I don't want to forget, um, A Civil Campaign um, by Lois McMaster Bujold in the Verkosigan Saga. Um, I probably have read that one a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I used to, like, whenever I went away for a weekend, I would take it with me because I knew that, like, it's the kind of book that, like, you can open it up to any page and, like, you just are right back in the narrative and just right back in this, like, insanely complicated interweaving story with, um, it, it alternates viewpoints, um, between probably, like, four of the different characters in their own storylines, but they all, they all interlock and they all, um, have really satisfying, enjoyable endings. Um, and I remember that, like, in my first week of college, when I was feeling really overwhelmed, I had this one on me, and, like, I remember ducking into a bathroom and just, you know, opening it, you know, on the toilet, you know, <laughs> um, you know and reading a couple of pages, and it just, you know, it, it was just, you know, a taste of, of home and a taste of just, you know, it was comfort food. Um, and it, you know, it grounded me and, you know, I just remember it, you know, just improving my day significantly, just having that there. So, um, I recommend it. I'm not sure that it's, it's not very, really a great place to start the series because there is so much that came before. But, um, if you re read the Vorkosigan series, um, I recommend reading through a civil campaign, um, because it is so good. Awesome. Uh, and since you guys both did books, I'm going to do my book next, and that's Ella Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine. Yeah, I know. Prince Charles. Oh, it's such a good book. I, I read that book, I think, 
I don't know if I was like 12 or whatever. Um, but it was one of those, my, my grandparents lived in Maryland and live in Maryland and we used to drive down. And so we always used to buy like a ton of books to, to read, um, in the car. Uh, and that was one of the books that I, I read and like the whole trip I was just obsessed and I haven't read it in a, in a lot of years, but it's a book that is beautifully interlocked and beautifully written and characterized and, uh, for me also reading it as a, as a young kid, it was also pretty revelatory because I don't think I'd read a fairy tale adaptation like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I really, that's one of the all time greats for sure. Um, actually, I think I read it in school. Oh, I think that's how I got mm. into it. I really loved All Enchanted. The movie was a little bit of a you dancey and then randomly Prince Wesley just walks into the room. So there you go. <laughs> oh, Prince Wesley. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember not enjoying it so much the first time I read it when I was younger and then like revisiting it as probably like a teenager and then as an adult and enjoying it a lot more. Um yeah, when I was a kid, I had, you know, I, I, there were, you know, certain, certain things that bothered me that didn't bother me as an adult, you know, or as a more mature reader. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's next for you, Tamar? Uh, my next one is, of course, I'm going to K-pop. Um, so first I'm going to Go give for you, it. First I'm going to my favorite song, and then in our next round of Robin, I'll give you my most recent pick-me-up song. Um, so a song that I can always, a hundred times of the day, a thousand every day, I always could listen to and will cheer me up even though it's actually not quite the uh, happiest lyrics. Uh, it's called The Chaser by Infinite. It's one of the best pop songs to ever be created in my opinion. Um, and that's not a random opinion. A lot of people feel this way. It's a really uplifting sounding song and there's a orchestral performance of it that's just phenomenal um and you just like I can listen to it I've listened to it crying I've listened to it smiling I like definitely um I had a really I can think of like two instances where I was crying on trains and listening to it just to be like it's such a good comfort song even though it's just a good great 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 dance track um (laughs) it's also about a, a guy who's reminiscing on his long-lost relationship so it's not really a pick-me-up song but it's so amazing um, and it will pick up you your your emotions just by listening to it <laughs> it will physically lift them uh as um makes what's me want to be taller <laughs> um well i don't really do music um but uh one of the things I've recently gotten into and is rapidly becoming one of my feel-good TV shows is um, The Orville. Um, it's the new Star Trek-esque takeoff series um, that... Um, it's like Star Trek, but dumb. <laughs> but, uh, um, but it has, you know, I, you know, not all the jokes land for me, but it does have, you know, a surprising amount of heart and, you know, really... Uh, you know, interesting potential, you know, with a lot of the characters, I think. Um, and, you know, some of the, some of the culture is, uh, culture clash is really, you know, fun and well done because it's like, yeah, that would totally happen, you know, like, um, 
a uh, one of the you know big tough aliens you know quotes some you know uh, piece of literature at them and he tells them you know it is customary to return with a quote uh, from you know great writers of your uh, of your home planet and so they're like you know on the spot caught on the spot and they're like so she answers with I'm a survivor I'm not gonna give up. <laughs> I'm a survivor I'm going to work harder and he says those are wise words who said them he's like and she and her, her, her captain are like uh, I think it was like 15 different people they were wise 15 people <laughs> like, it was a great moment and I'm like ah oh, I love it and also there's just there was a, a different episode that centered on Okay, I'm just going to wrap this up, but there was another episode that just centered on um, this uh, on, on one character who's, you know, who's young, who, who's young, and she gets, you know, thrust into a command situation, and she's, you know, feeling the, feeling the ropes, and she, you know, obviously has to, has to learn things on the fly, and, you know, she just has this wonderful arc of, you know, of, of triumph and growth over the course of the episode, and it's just... So heartwarming, and mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to watching more of this show. Honestly, this is the first positive review of that show I've heard. No, that people. I've heard a lot of I, mixed I can, things. I've that's heard what people I've heard. say that it it gets significantly better after the pilot. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's it's comforting. I, that's yeah, good to know. Yeah, I've heard like the pilot's really not good, and I then the after that, I thought the pilot yeah. was okay. You know, and it had potential. You know, but I I enjoyed um, the second episode more yeah. than the pilot. Uh, so for my last pick, I'm going to go with a movie, which is X-Men First Class, because I love that movie. <laughs> you don't understand, you guys. My killing Oh Nazis. my god, that was like the first X-Men movie that I, I saw, and I was like, this movie gets me. Like, it gives me everything I want. Charles and Eric. Oh my goodness. Scrappy kids. It was Jennifer Lawrence right before she got famous. Oh, you guys. James McAvoy. I mean, don't even get me started. I love that movie <laughs> so much. And then the next one's kind of ruined them, which is a shame. But it's fine, because X-Men First Class will always ex exist in its perfect, lonely, Nazi-killing bubble. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you have bubbles burst with the two sequels. No. Nope. Nope. That's what I literally just said. <laughs> we reset the timeline, yeah. okay? That's what they did in the movie she doesn't like. I know, I know. Well, but I'm no, saying I... we reset it so that that movie doesn't exist. I don't, I don't remember if I've said this on this podcast before. I've said it a million times. But, like, the second one, what was it? Days of Future Past? Yeah. Is a good X-Men movie. Yeah, it's but it's movie. not a good sequel, sequel to, to First, First Class. Class. I agree with you. Yeah. And then the third one is just awful. I didn't see I it. never saw the third so one. Bad. So bad. I, I just don't know. watch it. Yeah. Someone sent me the link online, so I don't have to bother even pretending to pay for it. Yeah. Spoiler uh, alert, they killed Magneto's family again. Quicksilver. Wait, no, I actually want to watch it, but that was no. annoying. But well, oh. oh, let's just kill no, no, no. again. I don't, I don't think anyway. you're Jewish. But anyway, oh. you, you would have guessed, trust me. Like, the woman comes on screen and is like, oh, you're dead. Oh, great. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, anyway, my final one is also going to be a song, and it's a song by a band that I've spoken about before. Um, hey, of course it's a K-pop one, don't worry, I won't disappoint you. Um, it's by a band called Highlight, which I spoke about a few months ago now. And this new song came out this week and it's called Can Be Better. And I was having a really, really, really bad day and then the song, I realized it had come out at 5am and it was 9am, so let me go watch the music video. And the song is about 
getting past like the trouble times in your life and the music video literally starts with each of the band members like having a really bad morning and just <laughs> getting over it and like one of them drops his phone in like a sewer grate and like one of them like trips and like on a banana like it's all very comical uh, there's a chicken that comes out of somewhere and hits one of them in the head like, naturally yeah. it was, but they're all like wearing suits and on their way to work and it's very cute and like was, I was having such a bad morning I was just like oh and then I read the lyrics and they were very much uplifting for getting past the hard things in life and I was just like oh this is now going on to my pick me up playlist not Aww. to be confused with the k-pop song pick me <laughs> <laughs> there are two of them I was gonna say my last one um I would consider the movie Waitress to be oh, one of my yeah. all-time favorites I still haven't seen the show I'm still it's torn about, about it's good it's good I'm still torn about whether I want to because the, it's it you know just seems to have a very different vibe no from the movie from you know, like it's if you're a, talking about like girl power and no, like no, I mean being... just like I don't know, atmospherically. Well, I mean it's a Broadway show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, I, like, I know it's a Broadway show. Singing. I, I know, <laughs> but I'm just saying like the part of what made you know the you know the movie so great was just you know it was this small, warm, intimate you know movie and like you know Broadway. I don't know you know if. It will capture, you know, the feelings that I feel, you know? <laughs> so I, uh, um, but anyway, Waitress, the movie is um, just wonderful. And it's got all of this, um, all of these pies and actual <laughs> literal comfort food. Um, and the main character, as a coping mechanism, invents new pies in her head, you know. She's and like, like a pie savant, Yeah, basically. and it's just a, you know, it's a wonderful way of, like, you know, keeping things from getting too heavy. Like, there, it, there are serious things going on in the story, but um, it never feels too heavy. Everything is done with a really delicate, light touch. Um, and there is a lot of, you know, female uh, friendship and just you know ultimately the main character you know is empowered to leave an abusive relationship um and you know these so these are like heavy you know big themes but um you know whenever things get you know really tough you know the main character goes to her wonderful place where she makes pies in her head you know and yeah, Nathan Fillion is in it also, yeah. <laughs> um, but Carrie Russell is amazing, um, and yeah, I've probably watched this movie more times than any other movie with more people than any other person, because like, there are so many different people that I have watched it with, because I feel like you know different people will get different things out of it, but they will all enjoy it on some level. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely beautiful, even yeah. though it makes me really sad to think about the movie. I've never watched her. Well, because yeah, the director it's dedicated in memory of her because she was actually and writer. Killed. Did she write? Yeah, she directed, wrote, and starred in. Well, um, she well she was she was one of yeah. the the main uh, characters' best friends oh. um, in the movie, and she um, was killed in a random act of violence um, yeah. shortly before the movie came out. That's so sad. Yeah. yeah, they have a foundation for her now that like supports yeah. young artists and stuff. Um, not to end on a totally downer, yeah. but you should it's definitely watch. Amazingly written Waitress, movie, yeah. and yeah, and it will make you appreciate her talent, and it's a great tribute to her memory. Yeah. All right, so that's gonna wrap it up for us in terms of our super exciting T-shirt giveaway. Uh, I believe we have a large. 
Medium? There is a shirt that's purple. It's just <laughs> <laughs> It says JewishCoffeehouse.com's Nice Jewish Fangirls at New York Comic Con 2017. Uh, if you would like to win this shirt for yourself or for somebody in your life, please leave us an iTunes review. We will be counting all the reviews. If you've already left us an iTunes review, that's uh, that's fine. We will count those too. Um, but if you wouldn't mind like shooting us an email and being like, I left you this review, uh, just so that we know. Because sometimes be the usernames and your name is not right. you know, actually your name. Yeah, and we are going to announce the winner uh, two episodes from now on episode 24. Yeah. So until then, go, because I know iTunes also takes a little while. Ooh, to we're going to be older than I am soon. Uh, oh, uh. Sorry, Michael. It'll take a few more months. <laughs> so old. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so that's the way you can win our T-shirt, and of course we will be back in touch with you when we have our like real T-shirt shop because people seem to want that, and that's pretty cool. Please want that exactly. And there's there's some exciting stuff happening behind the scenes here at Nice Jewish Fangirls. So uh, stay yeah, tuned. stay tuned. So if you would like to find us online, you can of course always go to JewishCoffeeHouse.com which is our home, uh, and you can listen to any of the great Jewish interest podcasts over there. Um, SM, where can people find you on the internet? Um, they can find me on Facebook and very occasionally on Twitter, um, and they can also find me uh, on my author page on Amazon. And Tamar? You can find me primarily on Twitter at Tamar Writes. I'm also on Instagram at Tamar Writes. Same exact thing. Uh, one usually has pictures of flowers. The other one has me ranting. Um, <laughs> you can also read my articles at Billboard and hopefully somewhere else really exciting soon. Ooh. Hopefully. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Ink as Rain. Uh, and that's the same thing on Instagram if you want to see boring pictures of my cat and my nails. Oh, but today's picture was really cute. It was cute. I came downstairs <laughs> and she was just curled up among all of these shoes it was hilarious um but yeah you can find me there and you can find my writing at hypable.com and occasionally on Grok nation which is cool um <laughs> and uh yeah as for us you can find us on twitter at jewish fangirls everywhere else facebook um instagram we are nice jewish fangirls you can send us an email at nice jewish fangirls at gmail.com and as always leave us those itunes review guys, reviews guys we really we not only super appreciate it, but we also really do need them. Um, and clearly you do, too, because you totally need this women's medium or large purple t-shirt in your life. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not because you need the t-shirt. It's because you need our podcast and your reviews spur life into our podcast. Yes, exactly. There you go. And everybody needs an extra t-shirt to sleep in. This is true, and that's actually a particularly comfy t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Super comfy t-shirt. You heard really it. Like it. <laughs> I wore it to work also. So. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the secret story about that t-shirt, which is that they came in a bag to my house, and I had to air them out for like five days because they smelled really bad, like, uh, like chemicals, and yeah. Um, but, but they don't smell bad. at nope, all. No, they now. no longer smell bad. They smell. They don't smell at all. They it, didn't smell when we wore them at Comic Con. Yes, exactly. And nobody has complained. So, anyway, you guys know what to do. Oh my god, you guys. I was a little nervous. So what? (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to speaking to you again soon. Live long and prosper, everyone.